one, have a baby, get a puppy, or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have with me the incredible Amy Polako, who is an award-winning journalist. She survived a narcissist nightmare and now helps other women to create an amazing next chapter after divorce or a toxic relationship. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Olga. I love being here on this podcast with you, and I I love everything you represent and all the great work you do for people and women uh, going through this. Thank you so much. Amy, I can't wait to hear your story of how you got to this chapter of your life. Well, I, you know, have been married and divorced, not once, but twice. And I run a support group for women. And I always joke, you know, I'm part of that elite club that's been (laughs) divorced, not once, but twice. Um, We joke about it. But, you know, I never thought I would say that in my life, as most of us, And I'm sure all of your listeners, right, Olga, no one ever sets out to be divorced. No one gets married with that in their in their head. It's just something that happens. And, you know, as I started on this journey the first time, then the second time, I really started helping other women first casually. They would come to my home or married friends would send them my way and say, oh, you don't know who to hire. You don't know anything about this process. You're overwhelmed. Call Amy. You know, So it started out that way. And then I became certified as a coach and started helping women formally and called my coaching practice Freedom Warrior because I did escape a narcissistic relationship. I think that I tend to attract not all, but a lot of my coaching clients have been through this and they want someone who gets it, who understands. And I really didn't have that buddy or that support network going through um, what I did. And I really strive to be that person for other women I think that women are becoming more aware of psychological abuse, coercive control. And I think we see that out in our culture and media and movies and um, books and Netflix shows, right? And celebrities have spoken out about having gone through relationships like this. And I think women are realizing it is abuse, even if you don't have a black eye, you don't have a broken bone. And I really validate that for them and help them overcome that and then really build an incredible next chapter for many women, as I'm sure you know, you know, I live in Connecticut, about an hour north of New York City, and it's kind of like a a suburb of Manhattan. Um, And that whole area and and many women end up staying home with the children and the husband's work. And that's a decision they make as a team. But it doesn't work out so well for women later when they, um, you know, are sometimes blindsided by a divorce or maybe they do want one themselves. But they have stepped out of their careers. They have no financial independence at that point. And you know, reclaiming who they used to be and rebuilding that confidence is a huge thing that I do. And the last thing I'll say is that 
part of my healing has been getting back to who I was before um, my marriages and divorces. And that was a journalist. I used to be a TV reporter. I was that annoying person that would chase someone down with a microphone. I was an investigative reporter and ran an investigative unit. And, you know, I've used those skills now to really shine a light on women's issues that I believe don't get enough coverage. And so these two things, the coaching and the writing go hand in hand. And it's really my heart that has led me to this work. And right now we were just discussing that you are covering a case um, that it's it's getting some attention, but I would love for you to please um, describe to us what the case is because it kind of represents what we are talking about. Exactly. So it is the case of Catherine Kasanoff, and maybe some of you have heard this story or seen it on social media, but uh, in 2021, I did the story on her. She was a New York mother and extremely smart attorney who had worked as a general counsel to Governor Kathy Hochul of New York and had been an assistant U.S. attorney. Um, about I did my article for Ms. Magazine about her and another woman, Kobe Jane, who had lost custody of their children and in divorce proceedings. And you might think, as many people do, right, Olga, you know, well, how does that happen? How does how would a mother possibly lose custody of her children? Well, let me tell you, it is a lot more common than you think. Um, in, in both cases, there were allegations of abuse. In, in many cases, alleged abusers can manipulate the system uh, and paint a narrative about the other parties, mainly women, but could be men. And that's what happened with Catherine. She lost custody of her three daughters. She fought for four years to get them back. She went from, you know, living a comfortable lifestyle and having a, a good job to literally being evicted from her home, living on friends' couches. She was immunocompromised as a breast cancer survivor in the scariest part of the pandemic and had nowhere to live and was not allowed to contact her daughters, or even at one point get within a mile of them. And it was, as you may imagine, devastating as a mother. Um, you know, I have said in my repeated coverage for Ms. Uh, and in speaking to other outlets that if Catherine Kasanoff, with all her legal acumen, you know, and experience could not beat and survive our uh, family court system, who can, you know, sadly, uh, over Memorial Day weekend this year in 2023, she sent a letter out to supporters and emails, which I received as well, that she uh, committed assisted suicide in Switzerland. Um, she had been diagnosed with cancer a third time, but uh, in my opinion, you know, it, it's no surprise um, that she kept getting sick, considering the in incredible emotional and physical stress she was under. But she really could not continue anymore emotionally. Um, she was fighting for family court reform. And that's something I have written about and continue to write about. Um, and I, I am thankful to Ms. Magazine for publishing Catherine's story before anyone else would, when no one else would. Um, some outlets have covered the story now that she has passed away, but um, I think she represents a much larger issue. 
you know, and um, I have many of my clients, Olga, are in similar situations. I mean, you would not believe it. Women who are, you know, one is an executive of a company who, you know, addresses thousands, is very powerful, ended up spending a night in jail. You know, they're, you would think in America that people cannot be falsely accused on trumped up charges in a, you know, vengeful move by a, you know, soon to be ex-husband or wife, but it happens. And um, there, there's a real call and movement for reform by the National Safe Parents Organization. If anyone's interested, if you want to find your grassroots organization there, write to your legislator. It's, it's not just New York State. It's not just Connecticut where I live. It's everywhere. And I love that you guys are working on uh, reforming the legal system because, I mean, as we know, the legal system is not perfect. When it comes to the family court system, it's even lacking, like, I don't know, it's, it's last century. It, it really needs to be updated. From a human perspective, from you helping other women handle this, what would you say are the, the first steps to pretty much avoid this situation if you are working with someone that is coming to you and says, I think that I'm going to deal with a very, very high conflict, very difficult case that may end up taking my children away. How do you support them to avoid that outcome? Right. Well, first of all, I think they need a team. You know, they need someone and you know, and what you do, they need a support team. They need a coach because if you uh, don't have that, you could start feeling like you're the insane one, but the fact is you are the sane one in an insane world. And, you know, one of the reasons I have a, a soft spot for this, Olga, is that while I did not face a custody battle in my divorce from my son's uh, father, I have been to family court <laughs> with both ex-husbands. And I thought to myself, this is America? Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what happens in America, right? So I think... You've got to educate yourself because it's it's a world none of us knew before we were thrust into it. Uh, and, and you need to get yourself a good attorney. Some women end up going pro se and representing themselves, which is extremely demanding, right? Um, and again, if a litigator like Catherine Kasanoff couldn't do it, you know, it's it's challenging to do. So I think that you know, documenting everything is a huge, huge thing right away. You know, I always tell my clients and I have some at every stage, you know, I have several who are contemplating divorce, but haven't done anything yet. You know, don't, if you are thinking of getting a divorce from someone who's a narcissist and by the way, yes, I know they may not be clinically diagnosed as a narcissist, but how many are, right? Most of them don't go voluntarily to therapy to be diagnosed. And I always say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, probably a duck, right? So if you observe narcissistic behavior, you can be confident that's what you're dealing with. Do not tell them you are thinking of a divorce. Um, do not tell them you want a divorce. Um, and I, I think it's challenging because these you are often up against someone a high conflict person and i want to be clear that there's this term thrown around a lot high conflict divorce oh it's a high conflict divorce i think our society can label that and it's a misnomer it's often not you know two high conflict people it's usually one perpetrator who's the abuser right who's weaponizing the legal system and then there's a victim right and so, um, you know, I think keeping that in, in mind is huge and you've got to document 
everything ahead of time and be ready. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of work ahead of time, including connecting my clients with a CDFA who can help them with what kind of financial information they should gather, you know, a lot of times. And it's no fault of anyone, though I do encourage women, of course, after going through this to take complete control of their finances and have financial independence. But a lot of times they don't know where the money is. They don't they sign tax returns they didn't read. They have no idea where the investments are. They don't know where the accounts are. And these types can be extremely sneaky. So you want to do a lot of legwork ahead of time. That, that to me will be the main uh, thing that I will want people to know is we're talking about preparation here. We're talking about you have to outmaneuver someone that the narcissistic personality is incredibly manipulative. Uh, they, they will know what you're going to do before you even think about it. So you're trying to outmaneuver them. You're trying to make sure that they're not going to drain the accounts before you even talk about, hey, we're going to separate, that they're not going to hide assets, that they're not going to start creating a persona about you that will jeopardize your chances of even getting um, share custody. So it's all about preparing. And, and I know that a lot of people feel like, well, you know, you love this man or this woman once, how bad is he going to get? Please listen to us. You just describe a case where it got so terribly wrong that that woman is not with us anymore. So it, it, there is a lot of, um, I think, innocence and naivety regarding this, uh, regarding the divorce and the family system. You are exactly right, Olga. Well said. It's, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's a, right now we are issuing a five alarm warning, right? If you're listening and you are part of this or you think you're in a situation like this, you hit the nail on the head, is that these types have been manipulating people since they were little kids. They are experts at this. And for the most part, we are good people. And I, I say this to my clients all the time that our only mistake, and I don't even like calling it a mistake, is we thought they were good people too, right? And so a lot of times I've seen this with friends going through divorce, clients, women in my support group, you're right. They say, oh, I just want to keep things amicable. And look, I am all for mediation and collaborative. And I have friends who are mediators, if it is possible. But quite often when you're dealing with this type, it is not. And you need to accept that right away because before you know it, you could be in a lot of trouble, right? And and they can misconstrue and make up things and lie and all, all of these things. And, you know, I always say, I don't give legal advice. You should contact an attorney right away, but to get advice, but, you know, establishing yourself as a, if you are the primary caregiver is really important, you know, um, taking the kids to the doctor's appointments, showing, writing down your schedule, um, how you respond to the children. Are you the psychological parent they have? You know, documenting all that ahead of time is, is important too. And, and maybe even removing the necessity to have an amicable divorce. I, I will be the first one. And you were saying like, you know, I love in your Instagram and on my social media, I try to put a positive spin. But to me, the positive spin is that you end up empowered through your mm -hmm. divorce, not traumatized. How you get to that place doesn't always have to be through, oh, we're friends. We, we can meet up every other weekend. It's how did you manage to overcome the obstacles? And when you're dealing with, again, a high conflict personality, a narcissist, trust me, the stakes are going to be much higher. 
you just got to have to learn how to do these techniques way better. And maybe having an amicable divorce is not even part of the equation, but avoiding going into the legal system and spending millions of dollars in it, and maybe even losing custody, losing your assets, that should be the, the real objective. Like I'm going to have a divorce where I am in power and I didn't lose everything in the process. That, that's exactly true. And I think, you know, there's, there's a whole emotional component to it. Right. And that's why coaches are so important. You know, sometimes people think, well, I'm spending all this money on an attorney. How can I afford a coach? I think that coaches actually save people money because that, you know, I have attorney friends who have said this in presentations and in front of my support group. And to me all the time, there are three parts of divorce, financial, um, right, legal and emotional. And they will say emotional is the most important part because you have to have that in check before. So, you know, you can embark on the other two so that you can keep yourself um focused and have a strategy. You know, we all need a buddy to do that. You know, you should call your coach when you need to complain that your ex, you know, took the kids on your night and is fighting with you about it. Don't call your attorney. It could cost you a thousand dollars, you know? So I think that's really important to have someone who steps back and looks at the big picture because emotions can be triggered. And these types these malignant types are experts at pushing those little buttons. You know, I remember in, in my divorce, um, in the 11th hour, my ex said he had to keep the chandelier that was in our home that he knew had sentimental value to me. He didn't really want the chandelier. He just did that on purpose. And I was so incensed. I almost blew up the whole deal over the chandelier. My attorney said, wait a minute, Amy, you know, you can get another chandelier. And after I, you know, took a step back, I'm like, yeah, who cares? I'll get another chandelier, you know, right. But wasn't, it wasn't anything fancy. It just, he knew it had, I had had it for decades and had gone different homes, blah, blah, blah. They will do, they are trying to poke you. Right. And so you need someone who can help develop that armor and empower you. Like you said, Olga. And, and by that someone, I want to make it very, very clear. That's not your best friend. That's your mother. That's not your sister. That it has to be someone who is qualified. So in the example that you were giving, I, could, I couldn't agree anymore. That's why I created the holistic divorce. Holistic divorce to me is let's deal with the emotions first. I don't want anyone sitting on the negotiation table while they're still angry and resentful. Again, there is not going to be a magic one. There is no process that will make everything alchemized and disappear, but at least you'll be able to manage those emotions. So if you get to the end of the process and you work with a divorce coach that has helped you manage your emotions, your communication, your negotiation skills, you get to that point and you understand that right away. You go, oh, he's trying to play with me. Okay, mm -hmm. how am I going to handle this? Ideally, you will have the tools within you because your coach would have shown you how to deal with your emotions or that's the time that you call your coach, as you were saying, and you said, this is happening. And they can pretty much send you that lifeline that brings you back to safety and doesn't blow up the divorce. So then you have to start all over again, which again, in the heat of the moment, we all want to do that. Exactly. We have those emotions still buried. I always say divorce is not where you settle your emotional debts. However, do we try? <laughs> and right. And I think, I think that's a great example, Olga. And it also, you know, transcends the divorce 
to post-divorce, right? I mean, we both probably know women who have let the emotions get the better of them. And who wins then? You know, your ex is the one who wins. And so, you know, taking your settlement may not be perfect. You may not, not have gotten everything you wanted, but, you know, sometimes I share with my clients some of the nightmare stories of other clients so they can keep in perspective the silver lining, right? And and be grateful for what they have. Because to me, there is nothing more priceless than peace, right? The peace of being in your own space, uh, you know, having control over your life, not being subjected to the negativity or psychological abuse or sometimes even physical abuse. And, you know, that's what you have to to keep in mind. And I think channeling that anger, I'm a big believer in channeling the anger into a purpose and into a next chapter that you can be proud of. I mean, the best revenge is success. So, you know, worry about yourself. Who were you before this? I know you talk to your clients about that too. What did you um, always wish you could do? What did you sacrifice to be home with the kids and take care of the house so they could have their career? Um, you know, it's it's really your time for you. And another thing I've written about, I wrote a story around Valentine's Day that was in, I'm not anti-marriage, I'm not anti-relationship or men or anything, but it was called, you know, forget his roses, you're better off single, because I think more women are realizing, you know what? Once they have that freedom and they they are happy themselves, you know, they have fulfilling relationships. They don't necessarily need a romantic relationship right away. Which I also think is fueling the, the rise of divorces. And it's not necessarily people think, oh, and it's the first thing that people will ask you, oh my God, what went wrong? What was bad in your marriage? A lot of marriages are dissolving because things are just not great or the, one of the partners realizes, I actually didn't want to get married, but we come from a generation that that's what you needed to do in order to be successful. You will get married, you will have your 2.5 children, yeah. and then yeah, whatever arrangement you have, either you stay at home or you go to work, but it was part of our makeup. It wasn't something that I feel like right now, this new generation, they do have a choice. Before, more debatable. Yes. No, you're right. And I think as more women are working, having their own careers. I think a lot of times single moms, I've helped many clients start new businesses because a lot of times we need flexibility with our children, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's, it is empowering to say, you know what, I'll be, I'll be just fine. Um, I don't, you know, yes, years ago, right? You had to get remarried or you were in trouble just for the, the added income. It's, it's not that way anymore. That's the other reason financially, I've seen a lot of my clients that actually do way better off when they don't have their, their spouse. I don't know if people are fully aware of how many women are really bringing the bacon home and they're actually being the, the main breadwinners. And when, when they go through the divorce, no matter how terrible it is, no matter how wonderful it is, once it ends, then like you were saying before, you become this person that it's capable to do anything. And that to me is the most exciting part. I know that you work with people post-divorce as well. And, and that to me is where the magic really happens. It's like you, you've, you've gone through that phase of your life. What do you choose to do with the next chapter? Exactly. And I, I run a support group here in Connecticut. And in the fall, I am going to launch it uh, online because I have more and more clients across the country. And um, I think it would be great because people can get on from all over. You know, one of the the great 
programs and speakers we had this past year a few months ago was a divorce success stories panel where we had five women with very different stories of what they did what they did financially they started a new business they focused on getting a promotion at work they changed their career and i think hearing that over and over again and, and you know you would ask me in the beginning you know what would i recommend to people part of that support network and team is a support group you know find one in your area where you have women just like you, because I think it, it can be isolating sometimes. I mean, I live in, I love my town. It's a cute little like Norman Rockwell, Connecticut, New England town. But you also can feel like when I was first divorced, oh my gosh, I'm the only divorced person here. Everyone has this cute little family with 2.5 kids and a dog, you know, um, and then I started meeting other divorced women. So we have to find each other. We have to celebrate each other. We have to, you know, support each other in wins and down moments. And, you know, it. we all love our married friends and we love our family. But like you said, Olga, it's not the same. You know, you need people who have been where you are or, you know, or are going through what you are going through. Even if it's just to manage your expectations, mm -hmm. it's not the same to hear from someone that went through one divorce in their particular situation than talking to someone who has had their own divorce experience, but also has helped others. That's when you really are able to say, listen, I know that you may be thinking you're going to get um, everything and the dog, but we may need to adjust your expectations here. Or the other way around. I've had women that come to me saying, I feel so guilty. I'm so full of shame. I just want this over. I don't want anything. And I said, mm, let's look at that because I don't want you regretting this later. But it's all about you taking control as opposed to just be like, this is going to be the worst stage of my life. I just want it over. And I'm so afraid of what comes after. It is true that we need to share the success stories, the, the women who became mm -hmm. more of who they were meant to be in this world after their divorce. And again, the divorce process, I always compare it to it's, it's labor. It's not pretty. It's going to get gory, gutsy, you know, it's like, but it always ends. And it ends with a chance for this new bundle of joy in your life, which is yourself, which is you get to create that. I love that. I think that's wonderful. And much like labor, you kind of forget how bad it was, right? I mean, you put it in the rear view mirror. I mean, there's, it, it's, it's one of the hardest things you'll go through in your life, right? Especially if you're still living together and you're going to, you know, and that uncertainty, you know, so many of my clients going through it, you know, every time I have a session with them, the biggest thing is just being in limbo, right? So when you have, when it's finalized and you've moved on, like you said, there is this incredible freedom. I think so many women think of it like, and I know I did, I never shed a tear, you know, it was like a dark cloud just went, you know, away, <laughs> you know, went off in, into the distance and um, it, it's, it's liberating. There is this freedom to it. I love that you're helping women through this, Amy. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Where can people find you? And now that you're going to be working beyond Connecticut, um, <laughs> where is the best place to connect with you? Uh, they can connect with me uh, on Instagram. My handle is Freedom Warrior Tribe. And also, you know, you can find a link there to my website, which is freedomwarrior.info. And you can find information there about my support group. You know, I'll be adding new information about the online version. It's called Strong Savvy Women. And I did that because, you know, I want to look forward. You know, we have speakers on finances. We have speakers on overcoming trauma and trusting again. 
you know, so many different topics. Um, we have one coming up in the fall on healthcare and hormones, you know, like, you know, healthcare may not be the sexiest topic. We all have to deal with it, especially if you, you're you not on, you know, say your ex-husband's plan any longer. And hormones, I think, are something that um, are affecting everyone uh, these days, and especially in perimenopause and menopause. So, you know, our topics run the gamut. Um, and people can also, you can book a 15-minute coaching consultation on my website or on the link, my bio on Instagram, or you can email me directly, Amy, A-M-Y, Polacco, P is in Peter, O-L-A-C-K-O at gmail.com. But, um, you know, I, I look forward uh, to connecting with everyone. I, I believe that we're all in this together and, um, and, and we're all helping each other and all helping women get through this. And, you know, years ago, there wasn't this support group, support network rather for, for women. And it's huge. Absolutely. And just for that, take advantage of it. Like the fact that we have women like yourself who are turning their pain into their purpose and they are there creating these containers and these spaces. So it's easier for you then please take it. So I encourage everyone to go and find you, to find your Instagram page and to connect with you. And now that we're getting to the end, Amy, I do have a couple of questions. So the yeah. first, where do you see your next great chapter? Uh, my next great chapter is I, you know, look forward to in the fall launching a, a course that helps uh, women navigate this. And as you said, turn pain into purpose. I find that, um, Many women are left devastated, especially by narcissistic abuse and need concentrated action plan to kind of harness their power again. Um, and I am also writing a book about my experience, which I hope is not just a, a memoir about what I've been through, but um, can also teach women. I think one of the reasons some of us fell for narcissistic partners and toxic people is all of us, like none of us rather are really taught the signs to look for, right? When we're 18, you know, we, we, in, when we're teens, we're taught about our periods. We're taught about the birds and the bees, but no one says, listen, honey, there are some people out there who are, you know, might exhibit this, this, and this. And I think as a culture, you know, we need to do that. I think, women are becoming more educated. You know, I think young women are, you know, you hear a lot, gaslighting was the word of the year uh, by Merriam Webster, right, in 2022. So uh, I I think my audience is not just women who've gone through it, but their daughters and the young people we know who really need to educate themselves so they don't get themselves in a partnership that is not good for them legally. <laughs> Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. Let's stop it before it even starts. And where do you see the world's next great chapter? Well, you know, it, I think it goes hand in hand with what I said. I think that and, and what we were talking about earlier is that I think women are becoming more educated, more discerning and um, more uh, are becoming more advocates for themselves. Right. To say you know, this is not okay because financially they may not need a spouse. They can be more selective. And if they see a red flag or they don't like a behavior, they don't have to get married out of desperation. So I think, as you said, the numbers are showing it. Um, you know, younger people are not getting married, you know, and I also am a big proponent and I've 
written, wrote about this for NBC News in relation to the Depp Heard case, um, you know, more people are getting prenups. And I think women should get prenups. You know, I think that um, this, this is a whole generation of women who really need to protect themselves because what we're seeing in the family court system shows you if you marry the wrong person, you could be in a lot of trouble. And um, the best way to protect yourself is to have a prenup. It's not just for wealthy people, you know, who have um, empires, <laughs> you know, it's, it's for everyday person. And I also am a strong believer that if a woman stays home uh, and gives up her career and, you know, takes one for the team and it's a, a joint decision, she should be compensated um, with a salary that goes into a bank account. And that should be addressed in the prenup as well. So that, you know, she doesn't start from, you know, not even ground zero. It's like in the negative, you know, I, I can't tell you how many women in my support group have been in tears and say, you know, he worked on Wall Street. He said, I never had to worry. I had four kids. I left my Wall Street career. And then, you know, in this case, I'm not saying all the guys is he ran off with someone else. And then she she's got four kids and she has no career. She left, you know, so you're not you're way behind the eight ball. And I think we have to be better about protecting ourselves um, and be advocates for ourselves. When you were saying, oh, women should get prenups, I was like, especially stay-at-home moms, like mm -hmm. do not even think about it. Do not even think like, well, but that's so not romantic. What is not romantic is the scenario that you just described. And sadly enough, because our society does not appreciate the, the invisible labor that most women do when they stay at home, then that's what you will have to be dealing when you guys are not in the love fest stage of the beginning. So sit down. That's the most loving thing that you can do with your partner. It's a perfect opportunity to watch for red flags if you really. I was just going to say that if they have a problem sitting down with you, you may have a problem marrying them. <laughs> and definitely you will have a problem divorcing them later. Yes, so yes, exactly. Use all those pheromones that are running at the beginning of the relationship. When you're making all those beautiful wedding plans, say we need to, to have this in writing, especially if you're giving up your opportunity to be financially independent during your most important years, because yeah, nobody then says, oh, we welcome you back into the workforce after you've been out for 20 years raising. Exactly, exactly. Your children. Amy, this was such a beautiful conversation. And again, I want to thank you. Every time I, I even sometimes wonder like, am I going to learn something from someone that works in the same space as me? But you are full of information, full of resources and wisdom. And I thank you so much for the work that you are doing in the world. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. The feeling is mutual, Olga. Uh, I appreciate all you do. And I think your podcast educates so many. So keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Amy. And to everyone else, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.